Good. All right. Well, welcome here uh, to Breakthrough City Church. And welcome to those who are, um, are watching us live here this morning. Welcome there to Courtney down in the Cape. We're trusting with you and those there in Switzerland and other places busy watching. We're trusting for a miracle. So if there's any people watching now as well, they're going to watch a broadcast afterwards. They have back problems. Uh, we've just also been praying for people here. And God is also just wanting to touch people's back problems. So if you've got back problem, put your hand on your wherever the spot is in your back, and we pray for miracle and healing in Jesus' name right now. So we've just saw that happen as well, yeah, now. And um, so God wants us to live pain-free. Jesus paid for our sin, and he paid for our sickness. He did it once for all. So we trust for a miracle and healing for those busy watching as well. Um, this morning, I want to try and get through a word and just share a word with you. Um, and, you know, just... Maybe you're going to chew on this a bit as well, but um, just the thing is, the Lord's been speaking to me a bit about the whole thing about, um, you know, the fact that Jesus is God. But he was also man. And to think, because my mind has been gaining this thing about how is it that, that God is so big, nothing can contain him. Heaven doesn't, uh, cannot contain God. Um, nothing can contain him. Because he's so big. There's nothing to contain him. He's infinite. He is everlasting. Um, and so my mind has been gained a bit in the thing about, for a couple of weeks about, you know, but God is so big. But if God is so big, how do you actually know him and get to know him in a relationship with him? If God is so awesome, if you look at the stars, if you look at the universe, if you look at these, uh, you know, these, these different photos that are coming from NASA um, and, and of what they get into the universe and how it's just so overwhelming. How do you actually know this living God? And, um, and, and you know, the Holy Spirit was just speaking to me the other day about, you know, John chapter 1. So John chapter 1, you can actually read to verse 18 specifically in that there. We were going to read it this morning. We might still do it. But uh, it speaks about in the beginning was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And, um, and it speaks about Jesus Christ. He is the living Word. He's the Word. So the fact that Jesus came uh, in the flesh, uh, He's 100% God, but He's 100% man. And the fact of it's not somewhere God, it is God in the flesh, Jesus Christ. And when we can know that and have this relationship with the God of Almighty being revealed through His Son, Jesus Christ, we can have this relationship. And, and it just blew my mind, just the fact of, you know what? It's Jesus. Jesus is God. Jesus is the living God. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is the living Word. He's alive. And so it is not, I'm looking for God somewhere. For a lot of people, they say, I don't know where God, God is so big. This, look at Jesus. If you look at Jesus, you'll find who the fullness of the Father is. So, and it's just again fresh. So we might get to John 1, but I, I want to just open up something this morning a bit about that. We actually have an open heaven. The heavens were closed until Jesus came and he opened the heavens. And remember what I said is that uh, the, many times the gospel that we've been hearing has been about, you know, give your life to Jesus so you can go to heaven. And, while, and now we suffer on earth. And for a lot of Christians that we work with and we deal with are suffering on earth. In the context of, I just want to go to heaven. 
And we don't understand that the God of the universe, God Almighty himself, has been revealed to us through Jesus Christ. Jesus is 100% God. And when he walked on earth, he was 100% man. And this morning, um, I just want to touch about how God has actually intended for us to understand that we actually have an, an open heaven. Heaven is not just the place we go to for those who are in Christ one day. Heaven is, we have this open heaven because when you're born again and the Spirit of God comes and dwells in you, that's an open heaven. There's an open heaven. There's, so we, we, there's a shift that needs to come in our minds. There's a foretaste we get in of what the reality of the place where there is sin, no sin, no conflict, no whatever. We speak of the place heaven, but the reality of heaven is because of the person, not the place. All right, so I just want to jump a bit into that, and, I, and we're going to try to get through some of this. We, our time is limited this morning. So um, everyone knows the scripture in Romans fourteen seventeen. Romans fourteen seventeen says, The kingdom of God is not meat or drink. But it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I'll say it again. Then if you heard what I just said. The kingdom of God, all right, is not meat or drink, but it is righteousness, peace, joy, where? In the Holy Spirit. Alright, so, the nature of the Holy Spirit is the nature of the kingdom. The nature of God, the person, and the kingdom are the same. Are you there? Romans 14 speaks about this. 14, 17 says, The kingdom of God is where? In the Holy Spirit. Okay. So, there is nothing in heaven, just understand this, there is nothing in heaven that is separate from his person. So, if you, you step over and now you're dying, you step over and you, you step into glory in heaven... In heaven, there's nothing. It's not like God sits in the one corner there in the throne, and there's, there's a, depending how good you are, you you further back or whatever. The person and the nature of the kingdom is Him. There's no shadow in heaven. So whether you go to the furthest corner of heaven, if you want to put it that way, the same presence of who He is is there. Because the kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. All right. So, um, abiding in Christ, in John 15, abiding in Christ is to be the foretaste of heaven itself. So, this is the thing. is This, this was the biggest turnaround for my life. Remember, I mean, when it, when it says when you're born again, you're translated from darkness to light. So that was the thing that happened on the 4th of May, 1990, in my life. I knew that I knew that I knew that God had saved me. I knew because I tasted 
the living God. He came to live in me through his spirit when I surrendered my life to Jesus and I could experience him. It wasn't just a faith thing. I could experience the living God. I could taste and see his goodness. Okay? So, now, learning the reality of the kingdom, which is actually the realm of the dominion of the king, the realm of the dominion of God, okay? So learning that reality is what teaches us what he's like. So when I learn the realm of his kingdom, what it is, it, it teaches me what he's like. Okay? So he gives us basically a glimpse into his nature. All right? So we see his dominion. For instance, when someone like this morning, someone, God touches someone's back, their leg grows, um, we see the dominion of God when, when, when someone's life is actually influenced by that. Um, it's like if someone is healed through healing, a miracle, or if it is like someone can't have children, they suddenly become fruitful because the kingdom of God is fruitfulness. Hello? Do you know that? And the kingdom is fruitfulness. So that can happen in, in, in marriage, in your workplace, in your physical body. The kingdom of God brings about fruitfulness. So when Jesus gives us the command, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and it says all these things will be added to you. Remember, righteousness is not separate from the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Righteousness is not separate. Okay? Romans 14 says that the kingdom of God is the kingdom of God. Uh, 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 of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Okay, so he's not adding, he's not adding what you seek. He is adding an emphasis. He's basically just giving an emphasis on what you seek. So he's not adding righteousness. Okay, I'm going to get righteousness, peace. I'm going to get peace. All he's doing when he says righteousness, peace, and joy, God is just giving an emphasis. It's not like he's adding something. He's emphasizing it. Okay, so righteousness, peace, and joy are actually descriptions of the kingdom. It's just describing it. And, and the thing is about two of these three elements are actually felt realities. The one is peace and the one is joy. They're actually felt realities. So um, just understand these are not theories. They are experiences. So righteousness, peace, and joy in the kingdom. It's not a theory. It's, it's an experience we have. Okay, so um, just listen to me carefully what I'm going to say here. Because I have spoken about this before. There's great danger in interpreting scripture through experience. But there is greater danger of interpreting scripture without experience. Okay? So the word of God says, seek first the kingdom of God. How does this look? If there's sickness, I seek through this reality, this relationship I had with God, I have with God, I, I seek for healing that is coming. 
So how does it practically through this relationship? I see, okay, God, I know this is your will. I know this is in your kingdom. This is in you. This is healing that is coming to me. So through seeking first the kingdom, the sickness must end. Okay? So through this, we have been given the mandate um, and basically the privilege to, 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 to live in a, in, in, in a uh, to live and to enjoy this open heaven of our lives. Because we are in Christ. When you're born again, the kingdom of God is within you. The Bible says the kingdom of God is now within you. The problem is our experience of that, because of our mind and the lies we sit with, influence our experiences. Okay, so Romans 12 speaks about this, how we have to renew our minds. Because even our emotions influence our experiences. Isn't that so? So as we are in the kingdom and we start experience through what? Abiding in Christ. We can actually experience these different things. Of whether it's righteousness, peace, joy. Those are felt experiences that we can actually experience these things. Alright, so this is God's gift to us. In Mark chapter 1, I want to just read one or two scriptures here quickly. Um, you don't have to turn them, but Mark chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. Because I just want to emphasize what does it mean that we actually have an open heaven? What does it mean? Because some of us still, we have this thing of, I have to die to go to heaven. But the Bible says you and I have died. When you are born again, you and I are a new creation. It is no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. Because I died on, in Christ on the cross. He paid the price for me. Do you understand? He, 2,000 years ago, he died for me. He took upon himself my sin. The life he gave to me. So it's no longer I love. I'm a new creation. The thing is, we, we, for some reason as Christians, we reinforce the wrong things more in people's lives than actually what Christ has done in us and for us. Oh, well, you know, I'm going to just learn this because this is part of my pain and my issues in my life. No, 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 no. There's truth in the word of God and in the kingdom we can experience it. It is not just for one day. There's no sickness in heaven. So why then did Jesus die to remove sickness on earth? We're supposed to experience it this side because there's no sickness in heaven. So an open heaven gives us the reality of experiencing things now of there, on earth as it is in heaven. This is the reality of the kingdom. It is not, and it cannot just be a theory. All right? So this is something we can experience that in the same way where I'm speaking about, where I'm saying, God, you're so big. It, I, I, my mind cannot fathom. I mean, I was sitting a couple of weeks ago because the, 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 great, the greatness of God, I was just being overwhelmed by, he's just so big. Now the Holy Spirit just said, but Jesus. <laughs> the fullness of who God is, Jesus. Jesus is 100% man, 100% God. If, if we never had Jesus, I don't know how we would have known God. I don't know if you realize what I'm saying. Because God is so big. He, he, you cannot fathom him. It's just, the Bible says it. You cannot, but in Jesus, the Father has been revealed. It's amazing. So in Mark chapter 1, it says here in verse 9 and 10, it says, 
And some of this you've heard before, but it just makes if you haven't heard it before. But it says, Mark 1 verse 9, it says, And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon like a dove. So this is the story of Jesus. And then um, when he comes out the baptism waters and how the heavens, it speaks about that uh, the heavens parted and the Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove. And in Matthew, just... You can turn your page backwards in Matthew 25, just in the previous page. Matthew 25, verse 50 and 51. Um, 50 and 51, you can see here what it says here. It says, sorry, Matthew 27, did I say 25? Uh, Matthew, it's just um, verse 50 and 51. Matthew 27, 50, 51, it says there, and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split. All right. So remember what we said when Jesus was crucified, that the veil of the temple, which was about the thick, the veil, was torn from the top to the bottom. God tore it open. Not so that we can go in, but that he could come out. That's what happened. Hello? God stepped out. Because he wasn't anymore in a box. Because he came to dwell in the temple. We are the temple of the living God. And if we're the temple of the living God, then surely we've got to experience God in that way. And I will not be satisfied with some theory or some theology that denies me the, experiencing, the experience of abiding and experiencing God. According to how I experienced him yesterday. Surely there's more. Surely there's more. I will not settle for what I have now. I will settle until I see him in his fullness. So, yeah, we see that. Um, uh, uh, um, we see what happens here. That, that how we see the rocks split. I mean, I would love to see it. Replay. The rock split, how creation even responds, how earth reacts to the actual, the biggest injustice that ever took place and ever will have taken place. That Jesus, the Son of God, blameless, without sin, pays the price for you and me. The biggest injustice. And all creation responds. Now in Mark chapter 1, it says that it speaks about how heaven parted. Um, interesting that the same word of the heavens parted is used in Matthew 27, verse 51, which speaks about the veil that, is to, that is, was torn from top to bottom, and the rocks were split. It's the same word that is used. Um, in Isaiah 64, it speaks about rend the heavens and come down. That rend is the same word, tear, torn, split. The same word that is used. All right, so in John, um, you can go read this um, that I said. Uh, we won't have time this morning, but you just go read through it. I wanted to read it. It's long, but it's John uh, chapter 1, verse uh, 1 to 18. It speaks about in the beginning was the Word, the Word was gone, the Word. Uh, and, and it just gives this description about that Jesus is the living Word. And then it gets from verse 19. It speaks about, and then John the Baptist came to prepare the way. That you just see these things are connected. John the Baptist preparing the way of the Lord. Okay? And um, um, which in, what's also interesting here is that um, this is just also quite amazing scripture in uh, 
uh, uh, in John chapter 5, verse 19. John chapter 5, verse 19. Um, you can go read these chapters from John chapter 5 to 8, which I'll just touch on now. But, but John chapter 5 to chapter 8 refers to also some of the things I'm sharing with. But in John 5, 19, it says this. The Son of Man, listen carefully, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself. I say again, Jesus was 100% man. But he was also 100% God. Conceived through that what the Holy Spirit did in Mary. She was virgin. She conceived of God. He was 100% man, 100% God. All right. But now, again, I say in, in John five nineteen, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself. What does that mean? That means you and I can do nothing of ourselves. What it does mean is that with the Holy Spirit, we can do the same and more than what he did. So if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, we need Holy Spirit. Okay, so yeah, we see the heavens were opened. It wasn't this, this, this void anymore. It wasn't this that God dwelt in this temple anymore on the ark of the covenant. He's now, we are the dwelling place of the living God. And our experiences, like I said, you know, it's like, I want to go to heaven one day. And, and yet the reality of heaven is the person. It's not just the place. So the foretaste of that reality one day is now. The abiding we can have now. So that also means we can do the same as what Jesus did. Guess what? Um, if you, you're trying to figure out some of your taxes, uh, well, go get a fish. <laughs> because in the fish's mouth is a coin to pay your tax. You, you want to know how to do business? Well, the best businessman that would ever live is, is Jesus because he had the Holy Spirit leading him. I mean, come on, you know. You think the devil invented business. It's like money. There's nothing wrong with money. The love of money is the problem. Do, do you understand? So the economy is what God created. But he wants to give us the insight in this abiding of this kingdom that is within us. The kingdom of God is within you. We can actually start getting a wisdom that is not of this world anymore. No university will ever teach you that. Go get a coin in the fish's mouth. Come on. Well, I learned that at Harvard. Ah, wrong place. <laughs> do, do you understand? So there's this creativity that is lying dormant in our lives to do things sometimes. Do you know that Moses was taught in all the ways of the Egyptians? And God had to deal with that for 40 years. But when he went back into the system, he knew their ways. But he had the wisdom of God. Alright, so there's nothing wrong with studying. Please do, do your best. Get your best, do your best. But there's a wisdom that God adds to the natural. It's called the super. Alright. So yeah, we see that the Son of Man can do nothing of himself. So Jesus is 100% man, 100% God. Jesus had unlimited power, but as a man... He was limitless. Limit, li, he had limitations. Okay? 
as a man, he had limitations. So Jesus chose to live, listen to me, Jesus chose to live uh, uh, that, that way. And what he did is, uh, he, when he embarked on the journey that he did when he walked on earth, um, that he walked this walk, but once he had died in our place, and our, our faith is placed in Christ, what actually happens is we start to embark on the same journey. So Jesus set a way. He's the pattern son. He set a pattern for us to walk as Christians. He's the pattern son. And um, so that whatever Jesus did, what he's actually doing is inviting you and me to walk in that way as well. Um, do you know that Jesus never intended for us, the church, to be spectators? That's why he wants co-laborers. That's why God is, not, God is looking for sons and daughters. That is what he's looking for. All creation is longing for the sons of God to be revealed. Isn't that so? So the answer is not in heaven. The reality of an open heaven is Christ in us, the hope of glory that God wants out. He wants to step into the places where we're working at. That's why um, the focus of how we build is not just the Sunday meeting. It is what we capture and encounter here is what we take out there. All right. So, um, so basically what God did, he put this revolutionary seed inside you and me. He put this revolutionary seed. It's this violent seed, even from Adam and Eve. Where, where God said you'll step on the, on the serpent's head. It's a violent seed God has put in us. It's to rule and reign. It's not a please, naughty, naughty devil. We are to put our foot down in situations, all right, to rule and to reign. So um, this seed basically of, of this seed of, of revolution finds its expression when we face impossibilities. So if you're facing a challenge, God wants to step out in that situation and give you answers and breakthroughs. So, um, you know, the thing is, some of us have many talents. And when we step out there, I mean, whether you're good at work, business, studies, working with people, um, gifted in art, creativity, whatever. We, you know, there's great talents that God has given us. But, and God wants us to use our talents, our gifting, you know, if you can do business well, if you can do negotiation, whatever, he wants us to use that. But the thing is, many times people find their identity in their gifting and their talent. All right? And um, instead of um, finding identity in our relationship with him. So, you know, God wants us to do things. We can use our giftings God has given us, but don't find your identity in that. Find it in your relationship with God. So if you're good at doing whatever, do it. But God wants to add the supernatural to that. And um, listen to this. You know, Jesus says this. Now, this is what I'm saying. I'm speaking about an open heaven, that we have this open heaven because the kingdom of God is within us. God has made this possible. And the scripture speaks about this. And it says that Jesus said, you will do greater works than I, uh, I did. Okay? You'll do greater works than what Jesus did. He says, I want you to do greater works. But the thing is... Um, for us to do greater works than Jesus, we have to actually do the same as what he did. Yeah. Us, you can't do greater works. Did you get that? 
We need to do the same as what he did. And then because of doing the same as, okay, we need to raise a few more people from the dead. We need to heal more people. We need to, and now he says, I want you to do greater. You will do greater works than I did. Take the challenge. Because that's the invitation. He's not saying it to tease us. He's saying it so that we can actually step into this, that what he has for us. All right. So we've been called into a relational journey, and this journey includes miracles, purity, joy, serving. And all this boils down to what is my relationship like with the Holy Spirit? What's my relationship like with the Holy Spirit? The thing about an open heaven, and an open heaven is that we have access 24-7 to encounter God. It's not one day. It's, this is the invitation. And, and you know, you might be sitting here and you're thinking, yeah, but I don't, you know, I'm not there yet. No, 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 no. This is the invitation. This is what God desires for you and me. In an open heaven, we have 24-7 access to actually encounter God in ways. And if you're not yet experiencing, that is the hunger that grows in you. Lord, I want more. I, I, I want to experience you. I, this morning we were reading about Andrew Murray. I was just t- telling you about wh- how God used him in this nation and in this city. And it's like, yeah, God, I, I want to see this. I want to experience this. So this is the invitation that God has for us. How do you discover how much God trusts you? You can identify that question by how much God has entrusted to you. How much does God trust you? Well, what has He entrusted to you? You see, He's entrusted His Holy Spirit to you and me. (laughs) Just by the way. (laughs) He's entrusted His Holy Spirit to you and me. And um, do you know that he's entrusted the exact same presence that came upon Jesus, his, uh, that came upon Jesus' body and raised Jesus from the dead. The same Spirit of God he's entrusted to you and me. All right, so none of us live under a closed heaven. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit that is inside you and me. If you are born again, the Holy Spirit is living inside you and me. Therefore, we have an open heaven. Because the kingdom of God is within you. Alright? So, um, we've been given this power that, that unravels any impossibility. So, whatever impossibilities we're facing is like to realize, you know, the Spirit of God is within me. To, to enable me to actually break open these things, all right? So wherever you see death, loss, destruction, um, that is our assignment. That's why we're on planet Earth. Because if the church understands what they rightly are, sons and daughters of the living God, we are put into places of impossibility so that we can change them. That's why I said, why would God remove the church? And leave the world. And yet it's the world that are orphans. It is through the church that we have to establish his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. I got a fly pestering me here. Go back to where you came. All right, so 
The Toronto blessing. We, this was like the prayer: Jesus must uh, must increase, and I must decrease. Anyone pray that prayer? Jesus, uh, you must increase, and I must decrease. We're actually quite unscriptural with what we're saying, because that's not what it means. Just by the, I know none of you prayed like that. It was just me. Jesus, you must increase that, and I must decrease. No, we must actually know why we're praying that, because. Um, it's not really a theological accurate prayer. So the thing is, is the Bible says the law and the prophets were until John. Okay, John the Baptist. The law and the prophets were until John. Okay. And what happened? It was the end of a season, a dispensation. It came to an end. The Lamb of God. He points to. So there was this end of a dispensation. So, um, that, so the law and the prophets w- were until John, the word of God says. And what happens is that Jesus goes and he handed, um, he handed this baton to Jesus. And then he says, I must decrease and you must increase. Because what? Because Jesus was initiating the beginning of a new movement. So that's what actually they praise about as well. He was initiating a new movement. It's not about I must decrease. But listen, I've just told you, Jesus said, not me, I did repeat what he said though. Jesus says you'll do greater works than what I did. So how's it that I must decrease? If I have to do greater things than what Jesus did. Are you with me? Okay, good. Because there's this open heaven of our lives. Okay, so there's this new season, this new movement. The Bible says that when Jesus, before he ascended, Jesus, he said, I'm the light of the world. And before he ascended, he says, now, you're the light of the world. Okay, so wherever we go, we bring light. We are the light now of the world. Okay, okay. so Jesus said, you are, Jesus said, you are to increase. What does it mean? God wants all of him on all of you and me. That's what this open heaven means. It means that what, what, what he, who and what he is, he wants on you and me. Remember we said this, uh, Bill Johnson says the thing about the Holy Spirit is in you for you. But the Holy Spirit is on me for you. The Holy Spirit is in me for myself, to what God's doing to me, but he's on me for someone else. Okay? So it is not just this uh, Dead Sea. It's this river that flows from my life. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So as a Christian, if I don't live in open heaven... I firstly don't see the miraculous. I don't see healings. I need to take and look for opportunities to see the miraculous. And it doesn't help me to speak Christianese because the world knows Christianese. They're not interested. They want to see a demonstration of the kingdom. And that's through you and me. That is where the super 
rests on the natural, the supernatural. All right? So um, it's interesting, like, you know, people might say, and, and I mean, my daughter, she asks sometimes the sharpest questions I make as if I know everything. Uh, no, but she would, you know, <laughs> she asks good questions from a young, young age. She really asks some very challenging ones, I think the age of five. But um, the thing is this, is that, you know, we're chatting about, but, you know, but I want to also be me in that. And, and, you know, but, and I said, my love, you know what? Jesus doesn't want to take a cookie cutter and make, uh, you look like this, you look like this. You, there's only one of you. There's only one of you. There's only one of me. And in that diversity in the body, in the church, in those who are born again, Jesus is being revealed. Because for billions and trillions and whatever years, if you want to measure time, because God lives outside of time, we will still not know his fullness. We will never. So your personality and your giftings and whatever, there's something God has put inside you and me. And all he's doing is revealing a facet. So when he lives through you and me, you are still who you are. All right? You're still who you are. So, you know, how do I know this? Well, if you look at the Gospels, have a look at the Gospels, and you'll see what these people did. One was a doctor. One was a tax collector. You know, one was a fisherman. And you'll actually see their personalities. Read the Gospels. Come through in that way. Their personalities are also written in the Word where the Holy Spirit inspired them because there's an emphasis in leaning towards a certain thing. So even in their personalities, you can see through the Gospels. What am I saying? With an open heaven, God still reveals and wants to reveal himself through you and me. There's a facet of Jesus that will be revealed to the world. And if you're not being revealed, then there's a facet being lost. Why do you think the devil likes abortions because how can you reveal God and those that are being saved are revealing a facet of the kingdom different facets like a diamond cut the glory that is shining through there's such a uniqueness and God is wanting to bring the supernatural lifestyle through you and through me Okay, so you have an element to add in demonstrating who God is. You, you've got an element, the way you do stuff. I don't have to take my t-shirt off and swing it and throw it at you, my jacket. I, we have Benny, and, and he's an awesome guy. God has used him amazingly, guys. Let's just honor that. But do you understand? There's something different that I will do, that you will do. And just be you. Because a lot of people are looking for the identity in the latest latest pop ad or pop singer or whatever just be you and let Christ shine through you because the goal is to be authentic and that's one of our values even in this church is authenticity this is who I am God is working on me like he's working on you and I just want to be authentic I don't want to have this mask that's why I don't wear makeup. No, just kidding. But we want to be authentic. We want to be real because the world needs realness. It's too plastic. That's why they need authenticity. And the world is longing for that. All right? So I just want to, uh, I'm going to end off also with a prayer in that. But I just want to say, 
that you know there's this open heaven of our lives that God really wants to wants us to experience things of the kingdom. Um, and and I want to say it's it's you know it's 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 a thing of abiding and experiencing Jesus. And if you're not experiencing certain things at this stage and you hear about it, what you heard about it, like even this morning I shared about testimonies of, of like the, the revival in Indonesia with Maltari and about uh, the revival in South Africa with Andrew Murray. That's the invitation of, Lord, you did it there. You want to do it again? That's the invitation. And I read things in the Bible and I say, well, Lord, it's in my Bible. If you said it, then I want to see this happen. And I will not settle until I see it happens. And if I have to continue until one day it happens. But you know, there's things we can taste and experience now. All right. Let me just pray for you if you want to stand. And those who are listening as well, I want to just pray for you as well. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, I want to just pray for everyone here in this place, for those who are listening this morning. And I want to say, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And I thank you, Jesus, that your kingdom has already come as well uh, in a real tangible way when we gave our lives to you. And I pray, Lord, for anyone that is listening that has not yet surrendered their life to Jesus, to you, that they just turn and invite you into their hearts right now. Because you're the savior of the world. You're the lover of our souls. And I pray, Lord, that your peace would just rest on us in this day. That your kingdom would just manifest in us and through us. And that we'd experience this open heaven lifestyle because the kingdom is within us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Good.